Hello everyone to Cade's commentary on gospel topics where this is my sole opinion on the teachings from the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints and it's not sponsored by the church and I hope you enjoy and feel the spirit as you listen to this podcast. Hello everyone. Um, so t- this time we're going to be talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ and Today I have. My name's Kellen, and um, yeah, I'm 20. I live in North Ogden, not too far um, from Caden here, and um, yeah, I'm just back from my mission recently from the Alpine German-speaking mission. It was lovely and fantastic, and um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. And as we're going along, I said, feel free. You can, if you want to, you can speak your thing. Awesome. Speak it German. Yeah. And then say it in English if you want to. <laughs> Will do. But before we start, is like the first question it has in here, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is it to you? That's an awesome question. And I think it's really important that we ask that um, to all of ourselves to ask, what's the gospel to me? Um, what's the meaning of it for me? Um, for me, it personally... Um, I feel like it's a, a it's a great. I guess you could say it's my water, uh, my daily water. It's where I receive my um, nutrients enough to keep me alive, keep me going. Um, my father once gave me. He said something wise. He doesn't usually say very wise things, but he did this one time. Um, he talked about how movement is life, and um, how when we are moving or any living object in order to be alive, needs to be moving. Um, and I think it's true in the gospel. If As long as we're moving in the gospel, um, then we can also be alive. And, and I think that's what the gospel means to me, kind of looping this back. Um, it means life. To me, it's like the gospel of Jesus Christ is like the path to lead back to him. It's like, in ways it can be complex, but it's so simple if you just know the basics and stuff in this life because like I said it leads us on the straight and narrow path and once we get on it we have to keep on going on this path so like in this pamphlet one of the missionary pamphlets it talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ and in the first paragraph it says the gospel of Jesus Christ is the heavenly father's plan for the happiness and salvation of his children it is called the gospel of Jesus Christ because the atonement of Jesus Christ is central to his plan. According to his plan, our Heavenly Father sent his Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to show us how to live meaningful and happy lives and experience eternal joy after this life. Through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, you can become clean from sin, enjoy peace of conscience. You can become worthy to live in our Heavenly Father's presence after this life. I think it's really cool there in the first sentence. Um where it says our Heavenly Father sent His Son Jesus Christ into the world to show us how to live meaningful and happy lives. Um, not just be happy, but also be meaningful. Um, a lot of a lot of the time I think a lot about how I can become more meaningful, I guess, um, and how I can make a greater impact on the world. And I think it's, it's a fantastic thing that the Gospel of Jesus Christ is one of those things that shows us how, how to do that. 
Then do you want to read the next yeah, of course. paragraph? Yeah, of course. The next paragraph says, To receive this peace and strength, you must learn and follow the principles and ordinances of the gospel. A principle is a truth that can be applied in life. An ordinance is a sacred, formal act performed by the authority of the priesthood and is often a means of entering into a covenant with our Heavenly Father. The first principles of the gospel are faith in Jesus Christ and repentance. The first ordinances of the gospel are baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. Because I like the word covenant. We make That's our very first covenant that we obviously make with our Heavenly Father when we are either born in, into the church or we're converted into the church and stuff. Because covenant is like, another word of saying it, it's a promise. That you're willing to keep the things that He has commanded you to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's uh, not coincidental Coincidental that um, it says the first principles of the gospel and also the first ordinances. I think those two are very tied together. Um, that faith uh, and in Jesus Christ and baptism are the two first things listed there. I think they're very linked. And in the next paragraph says, After you learn and follow the first principles and ordinances of the gospel, you seek to follow Christ's example throughout the remainder of your life. This continued faithfulness is called enduring to the end. Which isn't easy. <laughs> That's one of our biggest challenges, right? As enduring to the end is basically doing the same things that you have to do because in the little box it says, gospel of Jesus Christ is developing faith in him, repenting, being baptized, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and then enduring to the end is you have to do all those things over and over yeah. every single single day. Yeah. So like 24-7. Not easy. <laughs> awesome. Should I read on then? Okay. Um, next page is in Faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and it says there, Faith is a strong belief that motivates a person to act. Faith that leads to forgiveness of sins is centered in Jesus Christ, whose atonement makes forgiveness possible. Faith in Jesus Christ is more than a passive belief in Him. It means believing that He is the Son of God and that He suffered for your sins, afflictions, and infirmities. It means acting on that belief. Faith in Jesus Christ leads you to love Him, trust Him, and obey His commandments. Because I've talked to some people, it's like, there's two different things that are having faith in Him and having faith towards Him. There's, they're way two different things. Because having faith, anybody can have faith in Him. That's pretty simple. But having faith towards him means you're willing to continually improve that faith to follow him in all that you do and that you say. And this life, like it says in here in Proverbs 3, 5-6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You have to lean on to him, not just yourself. 
kind of adding on that, there's a really good book my mission president recommends to everyone. He gives it to every single missionary out there. Um, it's called Believing Christ. And it, it's kind of like that, the having faith towards him. Um, the author makes the point that a lot of people believe in Jesus Christ, but not a lot of people believe that believe Christ, what he says. Um, and so the question that's asked in this book is, um, do you believe the things that Jesus Christ has said, and do you believe that his atonement is enough for you? Um, and that had a big impact on me. I, I, I recommend it to anyone who, who uh, hears this. It's a fantastic book. That'd be a good book to read. I haven't read it. That would be a good book. <laughs> You've got to check it out. You've got to check it out. It's fantastic. <clears throat> so I think after you have faith, repentance comes in, and I feel like that faith is that can be complex, but can also be easy for certain people in certain lives because everybody has different challenges or trials. But then when it comes to repentance, that's like a whole different ball game in a sense because in here it says like it says faith in Jesus Christ leads you to want to change your life for the better as you study the gospel you recognize that you have sinned or acted against the will and teachings of God through repentance you change those thoughts desires habits and actions that are not in harmony with God's teachings he promises that when you repent he will forgive your sins when you yeah he will forgive your sins so like Mosiah 4.30 talks about how we have to watch our thoughts, words, and deeds. Like in here it says thoughts, desires, and habits. I think everything everything could start with one thought. That one thought can lead to, like you could say, like the parable of the, the talents in a sense. One person was given one, another person was given, I think, three and then the last person was given five the five and three people went and made more talents but the only the one person just went and hit it and that one was given to the person that had the five talents at the beginning yeah I, I really like that thought um, about everything starts with a thought one of my favorite things that I learned on my mission is um, the the pattern of building a character um, and it teaches us in the Bible um, that the pattern to any action starts with a thought. Everything we do begins with a thought. And the longer we have that thought, the more desire we will have to do that action. Um, and the longer we desire something, the greater that desire becomes. And at one point we'll break and do that action, good or bad, um, as long as we're thinking about it. And after we do that action, it, it kind of crystallizes and becomes a habit. And habits are... are I think most people know that our characters are just, or the character of us is just a whole bunch of habits together. Um, so who we are is truly what we think. And I think that really goes along with that, with her repentance um, or wanting to repent. Um, you want me to read on then? Yep. Okay. When you repent, um, you, and it gives some steps here. And the first step is recognize that you have sinned and feel sincere sorrow for what you have done. So like you said, like in there, you have to be, you have to know that you did something is wrong. Either, maybe like when the commandments honor thy father and their mother, then 
in a sense is like you're not always doing what your parents are wanting you to do or you just don't want to follow them at all. If you do recognize that you're doing it, then first say, hey, at least you recognize that you did that. It's going on because two. Step two is stop doing what is wrong and strive never to do it. To do it again. Because you have to be willing to stop. There's like no other way of being able to. Because that's the repentance process. Is like you have to stop it because it says no unclean thing can dwell with God and stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to become spotless. Become white like unto him. And that can sometimes be a big process, a really long process. Um, and I know I know it can be truly hard, but I think that we can tie this back a little bit to believing Christ. Um, if we believe that Jesus Christ can do anything like he says he can, then we'll be able to stop as well with his help. Um, the next step is confess your sins to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Doing so relieves a heavy burden. If you have sinned against another person, you also ask for that person's for forgiveness. Um, yeah, I know this one can be pretty hard for a lot of people, confessing. It doesn't sound very good off the top of the tongue, I guess. But for me personally, it's taken a very good light. Um, as it says, it relieves a heavy burden. We all know that Jesus Christ, his yoke is light. Um, and I believe this is what makes our yoke the lightest. This step. Yes. Thinking about it, like it said in there, if you sin against another person, you also ask that person for forgiveness. Is like, I haven't really seen that to me in much of my life, but it's like, depending on how you live your life and what you do, everybody has their own set path in this life and stuff. So it's like, Going along with that is like one thing you could say is like it's easier to forgive others, but it's harder to forgive yourself first. Is like that's part of the confession process. Is like you can forgive someone else, but it's like it's not complete until you actually forgive yourself too. Can you think of any examples of anything? Hmm. Not off the top of my head, but I can I can testify that I completely agree. There is no restitution without without forgiving others. I like that word restitution. The next step talks about make restitution. <laughs> that works well. It says you do all you can to correct the problems your actions may have caused. Because out on my mission, there was a family by the last name of Coins, brother and sister Coin, and they had a thing on their wall that said you may, may you live to be a hundred years old and one extra year to repent so like <laughs> at first I liked that that is like that's a funny quote but in a sense when it comes to repentance it doesn't it doesn't work that no. way it doesn't work that way because once you get older you said you won't know which sins you committed or what you did or if you'd be even evil to find the people that you did it towards because you have to do it right then and they are not later. <laughs> yeah, and that raises a good question, um, one that's intellectually challenged me for a bit. That I know I'm I am sure that I've done things that are bad, that I just don't remember or was never aware of, and maybe I don't know. I guess you could say haven't repented. I think repentance means that you have a changed heart, 
mostly. Um, it doesn't ha for me, repentance isn't just like you have to say every single thing you did bad to Jesus Christ or to God, but rather that you are willing to make it right and that you're willing to follow God. I think that's what repentance means, is that you change into a person that you're willing to be. And yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you live a hundred years and you're not willing to change that in the last year you uh, are, then I guess it, it, it would be, but I, I'd imagine after all those hundreds, the hundred years, you'd, uh, you'd be the same person after the next. But yeah, anyway. In Philippians 4.13 does say that you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Mm -hmm. It's like, but I don't know what it says in that chapter, but it's like, he will strengthen you to do the right thing, but it's like, you have to do your, you have to do your part. This whole repentance process is your part. You have to do it. And that's when you have to, later on, be able to use the Savior's atonement in this. Because that's how we were able to repent, is because he performed it for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the next step would be to keep the commandments. Obeying God's commandments, bringing the power of the gospel into your life. The gospel will give you strength to abandon your sins. Keeping the commandments includes giving service, forgiving others, and attending church meetings. So important there, I think, is the gospel will give you strength to abandon your sins. I think there are a lot of people who are lost trying to um, get out of their sins or trying to escape what, what they are. Um, in that single line, that single sentence is, is the answer to so many people's questions. Yes, the next step is like acknowledging the Savior. Like I said, we, because of Him, we're able to repent of all these sins. Because the most important part of repentance is the realization that forgiveness comes because of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you may have felt that God will not forgive serious sins, but the Savior suffered for our sins so they can be put behind us, even the serious ones. The result of true repentance is forgiveness, peace, comfort, and joy. I think, yeah, think about those four things. There's forgiveness, peace, comfort, and joy. It's like, those are all necessi necessities in in this life because I, through this COVID time and stuff, it's we're, uh, everybody's trying to find peace and joy in what what they want to do. Mm -hmm. I think it says it's worth it too, the true repentance. The next paragraph in acknowledging the Savior step um, reads, Repentance does not always mean making big changes. Often it's, it simply requires an increased commitment to live according to God's will. True repentance does not always happen quickly. Be patient with yourself as you strive to do what is right and correct mistakes you make. As you repent, you will experience a change of heart. You will no longer desire to sin you will be, come to know that you are a child of God and that you need not to continue making the same mistake over and over. Your desire to follow God will grow stronger and deeper. Yeah, going along with that, one question that my people think at as is like, obviously the Savior forgets it. He does not remember it. It's like, then why do we remember it? <laughs> it's like, so many times it's like, I didn't teach this much out in my mission, but even when we did, that's one of the 
most common questions that they ask is like, I think we remember them because if we don't remember them, how do we know what to do next? Or how to progress further in this life? I love that. Because after the repentance process, the next thing that comes is baptism and the Holy Ghost. It says, faith in Jesus Christ or repentance prepare you for baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ taught that everyone must be baptized of water and of the Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, for the remission or forgiveness of sins. Through baptism by one who holds priesthood authority and through receiving the Holy Ghost, you will be spiritually reborn. Going along with that, it's like when Adam and Eve fell, there was two different connections that were lost. You could say it's like two different deaths, two different deaths. There was the physical, there came about the physical death and the spiritual death. Physical death obviously means that obviously we're going to die. But then the spiritual death was when we were not able to see Heavenly Father face to face again. And that's where it says like you'll be spiritually reborn is like once you are baptized by the proper authority and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Awesome. Um, the next has a uh, question that asks us at the very beginning. It says, uh, why do I need to be baptized? And first of all, just to address this question, I love how it's worded I why do I need to be baptized? This is clearly written, this book, this pamphlet. It's written not so that a reader, um, not so that a reader so much understands, but rather gets thinking. Um, the reason why it says I is because it's a question that we want to be asking ourselves. Um, it doesn't say you like I would imagine. If I were writing this pamphlet, I would say, why do you need to be baptized? But I love that it says I there. This is a, a personal question. Um, and it reads there, Jesus Christ set the example for us by being baptized to fulfill all righteousness. When you are baptized, you receive a remission of your sins and make a covenant or promise with God. You promise to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, to follow him and to keep his commandments. If you do your part, your Heavenly Father promises to forgive your sins. When you are baptized by proper authority, your sins are washed away. Awesome thing about Heavenly Father's promises is that He can't break them. Um, and so, I completely testify that that when we do our part, Heavenly Father, He promises to forgive our sins. Because I've heard some people say He's like handcuffed to the truth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to put it in simple terms, is like, He'll always make the righteous decision. Because if not, if he doesn't make the righteous decision, he's not the same yesterday, today, and forever and stuff. Yeah. Because going along the next paragraph in Why Do I Need to Be Baptized says, Baptism involves a brief immersion in water. This is how Jesus Christ is baptized. Baptism by immersion is the sacred symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It represents the end of your life and the beginning of a new life as a follower of Jesus Christ. I love that. A beginning of new life and the end of your old. Because later on, when Jesus Christ meets the 
comes down and sees the Nephites, he does say like, to get rid of the old and come in with the new. Because mm-hmm. it shows that the the things we have today, they did the same things back then. Like Obviously he set up the, the 12 apostles even when he was on the earth and then when he went to the Nephites, he did the same thing too like we have today. Yeah, Paul words it really well as, as a new creature um, that will become as a new creature. And I think a new creature, they they act completely different from the old tr- creature. They want different things. Um, the next part ha- also asks a question, why do I need to receive the Holy Ghost? Um, and that will be answered here, where it reads, While baptism washes you of your sins, the Holy Ghost sanctifies or purifies you. If you remain faithful to your baptismal covenants, you can have the Holy Ghost with you always. All good people can feel the influence of the Holy Ghost, but only those who are baptized and who receive the Holy Ghost have the right to His constant companionship throughout life. Having that constant companion helps out so much. It's like having that... Everybody feels it differently by either having it... Just having a warm feeling or a good feeling or... Every times, like if you felt like to do something and it was a good feeling, that's usually the Holy Spirit telling you what you, what Heavenly Father wants you to do. Because the Holy Ghost is our Heavenly Father's messenger. Mm-hmm. As going on, the next paragraph says the Holy Ghost helps you recognize and understand truth. He provides spiritual strength and inspiration. He comforts you in difficult times and guides you in making decisions. You can feel God's love and influence in your daily life through the Holy Ghost because He's also known as the Comforter. And it's through Him that we give blessings. It's how we receive all those blessings. Because when you receive the Holy Ghost, you get more blessings after that. Or when we, in our church, we do baby blessings too. And even patriarchal blessings. That's awesome. Okay, next part reads, Your ability to enjoy this divine gift depends on your obedience to God's commandments. The Holy Ghost cannot remain with those who do not live according to God's teachings. They lose the privilege and of His guidance and inspiration. Always strive to be worthy of the companionship and direction of the Holy Ghost. A really good question that I ask myself um, and I still ask myself is, what does it mean to be worthy of the Holy Ghost? Um, and I wonder if it can be almost be a, a thing that changes on the minute. Um, not really a thing that changes with if you're pure or not, but rather of what are your thoughts right now? Um, I can be completely happy in one moment and the next moment, I don't know, um, something terrible will happen and I'll, I'll get frustrated or something. Um, and I can lose that companionship of the Holy Ghost pretty easy. Um, and then gain it back again the ne- within the next hour or so. I, that's how I at least feel. Um, I think I think the Holy Ghost really guides us depending on our thoughts and how how pure the, our thoughts are at that moment. Um, yeah, that goes back to like I said, Messiah four thirty again. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to that one thought: the thoughts, words, and deeds that we do, because. When you're speaking with people or want to speak with someone or have a question for someone, that's a thought. 
and then they come out as words and then your words become your own deeds and stuff because actions do speak louder than words is like many people think they're doing righteous things saying righteous things doesn't mean they're always doing it mm -hmm. later on it says you receive the Holy Ghost after baptism in an ordinance called confirmation one or more authorized priesthood holders lay their hands on your head they confirm you a member of the church and bless you to receive the Holy Ghost this ordinance normally takes place in a church service soon after baptism when you are baptized and confirmed you become a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Awesome. Um, we can pop on over to the sacrament then. The, the sacrament, after you're baptized, you can renew your baptismal covenants each week by partaking of the sacrament. During the sacrament service, bread and water are blessed and passed to the congregation as a reminder of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The bread represents his body and the water represents his blood. As you renew your baptismal covenants, you are promised that you will have the Spirit or the Holy Ghost with you always. Yes, going along with that scripture is like I thought about these these the sacrament prayers and I always like in the very first one the bread's always the first one we do because at the end it says that they may always have a spirit to be with them and then in the water it says that they may have his spirit to be with them so it's like two different phrases it's like first we have to keep the commandments so that we can have the spirit to be with us and then we will have the spirit to be with us in a sense whenever a word sticks out to me i like to look it up and i think uh, looking up words in the dictionary is, is a really powerful tool when it comes to the gospel um i looked up the word renew because um, I've, I've heard often that we renew our covenants, right? Um, the first definition is to make like new, restore to freshness, vigor, or perfection. Um, when I hear vigor, I almost think of like getting your energy back, almost like a sleep, um, going to bed and then waking back up. Um, another word is replace or replenish, to fill up. You can kind of think of it like a water tank, filling up a water tank. Um, I think that's a wonderful description of, of what the what the sacrament actually does for us. Um, it renews, it refills um, our spiritual commitment that we've already made. Yeah, the spirit... Because we make those spiritual. I feel like all the covenants we make are all spiritual and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, even though we have to do our own physical part in this life to do it, because praying is both a physical and spiritual thing when it goes back to repentance you usually pray about what you want to do and then obviously you confess on those on those things and last but not least the hardest i think one of the hardest parts at the end of the gospel of jesus christ is the enduring to the end because it says you become a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints through faith in jesus christ repentance and the ordinance of baptism and confirmation after you become a member of the church You'll continue to grow in understanding. You'll continue to exercise faith in Jesus Christ. Repent. Renew your baptismal covenants by partaking of the sacrament and follow the guidance of the Holy Ghost. These first principles and ordinances of the gospel are patterned to follow throughout life. This lifelong commitment is often called enduring to the end. 
one thing that really I like about that is just these first principles. These are the first principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These five things. But it's like there's so many more principles and teachings when you want to go talk about more in detail about the gospel in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, going along with Enduring to the End, I know I said it was, it was one of those hard things. Um, I'm also listening to another audiobook, and in this audiobook, it talks a little bit, it's about success mostly, um, but in it, he states that um, anything in life will be hard if we don't have a good enough reason. And I found that personally to be true. We, we don't want to do the things that we don't have reasons for. Um, personally, I have a hard time doing my homework because um, I don't see it directly attributing or um, helping my future in, in some cases. Even though it does, and I know it does, um, I have a hard time connecting that. What I'm trying to say here is connecting that with the gospel, if we have a good enough reason, enduring to the end can be one of the easier steps. It doesn't have to be a hard thing, and it's the simple things that, that keep us on that track. Um, just reading our, our scriptures and praying. These simple things, as it describes in the, in the vision of the tree of life, the iron rod, hold fast to the iron rod, which we know is the word of God. The iron rod is what keeps us on that path. And it's so easy for so many uh, members to, to let go of the iron rod, to stop reading scriptures. And I know I've fallen in that trap before, as many, but the iron rod is, is one of the most, in my opinion, the most important step that we can take for ourselves to, for our conversion. Uh, I'll read on. It says, Enduring to the end brings direction, peace, and happiness to life. You will feel joy of trying to become more like Jesus Christ as you serve and help those around you. You will better understand your relationship with your Father in Heaven and feel His perfect love for you. You will feel hope and a sense of purpose in an often unhappy and troubled world. And then there's a scripture on the side that does say the gospel of Jesus Christ is the way of life. And this is in 2 Nephi 31.20. Said you must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, endure to the end. Behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. I like it. It said, feast upon the word of Christ and press forward with a steadfastness in Christ. Because feasting is like, think about thanksgiving. You eat as much food as you, depending on the person you want to eat, as, you eat as much food as you can. But then when it comes to feasting, he wants you to learn about his words and learn about those meanings for you in this life. It's like, but you only receive answers at the time that he wants you to receive those answers to. It's like, indulging in the scriptures can be a little bit too much, but it's never bad to continually read every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for me, that first part, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a way of life. Um, to anyone who does hear this, it's my plea, it's my, um, I guess you could say I, I'm almost begging that anyone who listens through this entire thing hopefully um, felt the Spirit at one point. And it's my hope to everyone that they, they get on this path. 
Um, like I said before, the, the Word of God is the iron rod. And if you don't know where to start, the first place to go is the Scriptures. A daily read. That's my, my plea to everyone. So, yeah, because... And later on in this booklet, it talks about how, like, how can I know? It's like, and one of the things is praying about these things. Is like those simple truths. That's how you come to know if the Book of Mormon is true or if this this gospel of Jesus Christ is true and all those things. Because I've come to know a lot of truths. There's so many different truths in this life. Like how he suffered for us. That's one of the truths I've come to know to come true. Through all this, none of this would be possible without him. Mm-hmm. Without the atonement of Jesus Christ, everything centers around around the atonement and everything. Yeah, that's so true. So, is there any questions you want them to think about? Questions that I would ask. Um, some questions I like to ask myself all the time that that keep me mentally engaged are. Am I currently happy? Are the things that I'm doing making others happy? Um, and if you're not happy as well, a good indicator of your happiness is is other people's happiness around you. If you feel others are depressed around you, and maybe that's not a good indicator for everyone, but it is for me at least, um, then, then we know that we can always help others. But another thing I like to ask myself is, do I believe Christ? Do I believe what he's done for me? Do I believe the things he's said to me? And I know Christ speaks to us personally in the scriptures as well. Um, The promises that he gives others, he is directly extending to us. Um, Those are some personal questions that I like to ask myself. Instead of a question, I want to give everyone a challenge to... I don't think you talked about it much, but it's like, stop, sometimes when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, when it comes to the repentance process, don't overthink it. You never want to overthink it, especially when it comes to the confessing part. Is like, I know there's, we always remember those things, but it's like, once you confess it, you don't have to worry about it anymore unless you do it again, just just let it slide on by and stuff is like still learn from it you can still learn from those mistakes when you go later down the road but try not overthinking it when it comes to the repentance process but is there any more comments you want to share no that's super wise of you to say though i 100 percent agree i also want to invite you to follow me on my instagram account which is at kade k-a-d-e com C-O-M-M, Gospel Topics. Feel free to share your comments on this post or on this podcast, and I hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Yep, and I want to leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.